Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Hello again, everybody. It's Mark and Jules, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox here. Hello. And welcome to this week's latest episode of the Z2A of Life, where we pick a letter and a topic and discuss how you can use our tools to improve your own personal development and life. So what is this week's letter? Oh, well, this week we've picked the letter S for study because this month is stress awareness month and we're going to be focusing on learning and that includes study yes so s for study now we're going to focus a little bit to start with on teenagers because a lot of teens are now in the final straight for their gcse Mm. exams and some of them will have absolutely brilliant plans and will be revising for these exams and some of them dare i say it probably won't have started yet will they no, unfortunately, obviously, we go into a lot of schools over over the years and quite often teenagers haven't started yet. They haven't got a plan and they're kind of, I suppose, winging it. Is that the way to they're explain it? practising procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. The exams are in a few months. I've got loads of time. However, exams are stressful at the best of times. But one of the best tips we can give for people is to make revision and study easy and fun. Now, that doesn't always seem to go together, does it? You know, quite often when we're in schools and we say, we're going to show you how to make it easy and fun. Even the teachers look at us as if to say, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you making this up. And you are right. You actually did hear that right. We said making revision and study easy and fun. We're going to share some ways of how to do that on this episode today as well. But I just sort of a bit of an analogy, because sometimes when you go on a long journey, I remember as a kid, we used to go down to uh, Hailing Island on family holidays, and it was such a long journey, and it was pretty boring just sitting in the car. So we used to play games like I Spy and Spot the Red Car and so, so on and so on, and just create stuff like that to make the journey a little bit more fun. So if you can make something fun, it's going to become more easy and it will relieve a lot of the stress, won't it? It will relieve a lot of the stress. And if it's fun and if it's slightly easier, you're more willing to have a go at it. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It is the key. And what I want to do now is I want to cast the adults' minds back here. So we're talking to adults and teens about exams. But let's go to the people that have done their exams. If you're an adult, I want you to think about how you felt at exam time when you were at school, whether you were doing GCSEs or O-levels or SATs, or 11 pluses, or whatever it was, whatever the test or exam was, how did you feel? Now, obviously, you can't answer because you're listening, so I'm going to ask Jules, how did you feel when you came (laughs) to sit your exams at school? Well, do you know what? My school journey, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it in the early days, but then because we moved completely to a different area within the UK for my last two years, I had to change some of the subjects that I had chosen and I'll be honest with you it just didn't work for me and the coming up for the exams I found it very very stressful we weren't given help in terms of how to revise what to revise how to put a plan together 
there was nothing there. So I didn't really do anything, I'll be honest. I know, especially having to move schools partway through, that must be really, really disruptive to your education, I'm sure. As we know, we meet loads of people that have moved schools, even moved countries. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm not using that as an excuse, to be quite honest, because, you know, I'm not the only person. But I found it very difficult, very hard and very unmotivational. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. Find us a teen who's motivated to do their studies. There are some out there, of course. I'm with you on that. I found it really hard to revise. You said that you weren't shown how to revise and nor was Mm -hmm. I. In fact, probably not entirely true. Because our teachers at the time said, when you come to revise, I want you to make loads of notes, read the notes, and then rewrite them out again. Mm, Now, to me, (laughs) (laughs) my two weaknesses I discovered are, number one, note-taking and note-writing, and number two, reading my own notes. It's basically like saying, you're not very good at doing something, do it and get on with it. (laughs) Do it, because it'll pass your exams. (laughs) So yeah, I just went with it and winged it and I could have got a lot of grade C's in my exams, but I ended up getting grade D because I probably just didn't have the edge and found it really, really tough. Yeah, I mean, GCSEs these days, the actual exam is all about fact-based recall. Now that arguably, I think, is quite unfair because, you know, let's face it, you don't need to memorise everything and not everybody can memorise everything. Yes, and even the great Albert Einstein was attributed with the phrase, never memorise something you can look up. So, for example, he wouldn't memorise things like phone numbers. He'd just go and look in the phone book. The phone book? Do you remember the phone book? He used, wow. to, used to come through the letterbox, didn't it, with a great big thud, because it was huge. <laughs> and now we don't even have a phone book. We no. have a phone that stores all the numbers in the palm of your hand with loads and loads of other information. So That's it's right. even easier to look stuff up, isn't it? And also, like he said, you know, you can look something up. You know, everybody, everybody uses Google now. You need to know something, Google it. Yeah. And we have to be careful because it doesn't always give us the right information either, does no, it? No. Let's caveat that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we talk about studying, it's not just about that end result of the exam, is it? It's all about the journey. It's from the beginning to the end. And the end is the actual taking of the exam. But the journey is the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah. So thinking about the journey, I used an analogy earlier about a kid and making the journey fun by playing silly games while we were driving to Hailing Island. But I'm thinking about a journey that we made as adults. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, we travelled in Sri Lanka, didn't we? Yes. Oh, yes. Amazing place. (laughs) And we stayed in one place, which is called Bentota. And we decided to spend some days on the south coast in a beautiful place called Marissa. I'm really talking about a lovely trip here, (laughs) memorising that now. But the whole point of this is we wanted to get from Bentota to Marissa, which was about sort of 90 minutes, two hours. Well, originally we were going to go by train, but then the trains were all delayed and cancelled. So this young chap said, oh, I can take you. But what we didn't realise, it was by tuk-tuk. We thought it was like a taxi. So anybody that knows a tuk-tuk, they're tiny, little, uncomfortable things. And this was a good two hours stuck in the back of a little (laughs) tuk-tuk. But oh my goodness, what a journey. It was wonderful, wasn't it? It was indeed. So as we were making this journey, this guy started telling us about the tsunami, which a lot of people, adults will remember, hit Thailand in 2004 and devastated a lot of the Indian Ocean. But what's not really well documented is it absolutely devastated Sri Lanka. 
And by taking this journey, this guy stopped off at certain places and started telling us about the disaster, the train disaster as well, which also happened along that coast. And we learned so much from that journey. Yeah. And the analogy really is we were absolutely desperate to get to Marissa. We just wanted to be there. <laughs> but that 90 minutes, two hours, we actually learned more on that journey than we did just by reaching our final destination, didn't we? We did. And it was fascinating. And he was lovely, wasn't he, explaining everything to us. So, yeah, we found and learned so much more than we thought we could. And that's what we're saying about this study and the journey is to embrace that journey and take everything that you can from it, learn from it. So, of course, we learned a lot on that journey, but we made a statement a moment ago about making revision and study easy and fun. (laughs) And this isn't just for teenagers in schools doing GCSEs. This is for absolutely everybody. So how do we make revision and study easy and fun? Yeah, we're going to share with you now some of the techniques that we deliver whilst we're in schools. But one thing that we wanted to say is... These aren't tools or techniques that we've made up. These are tried and tested ones that we've learnt and they really work. I remember years ago meeting a guy called Tony Bazan who was the creator of the mind map and what a lovely guy. Now the mind map is really simple, it's colourful and it encompasses keywords and images. A lot of people go, oh I can't draw, I'm not very good at drawing. What is really great about mind map is you don't draw, you doodle on it. So if you can get the habit of writing down simple keywords and doodling, then you can remember lots and lots of stuff. It's also great for planning as well, isn't it? Our mind maps can be used for absolutely anything, to be quite honest. And I know people that use them to write down minutes of a meeting. Teachers use it for planning their sessions, don't they? It's a great tool for putting things down to remember things. And it it certainly works for me. (laughs) We also used it to plan chapters for the book Don't Get Your Neck Tattoo, which is obviously the Z2A of life skills. But one of the techniques that we show in schools, and we can't really show it here on a podcast because (laughs) it's visual, isn't it? But there's a technique where you can learn to recall 30 to 35 facts. Uh, We use a mind map on Francis Crick, who is the, the guy who discovered the DNA structure in Northampton, where we're from. And students can remember and recall 35 facts on hearing the information and seeing the mind map once. It takes about five minutes, which is amazing. Talking of tried and tested memory techniques and world memory champions like Tony Bazan, I also had the pleasure of meeting a guy called Dominic O'Brien a few years ago who trained me on world memory techniques. Now, this guy is a world memory champion and he was in the Guinness Book of Records for memorising 54 decks of playing cards. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so I think it was something like 2,808 cards. Oh. And he had eight errors in 12 hours remembering these. Eight errors in 12 eight hours. Eight errors in 12 hours. He saw oh. the cards once. <laughs> That's incredible. Now, the first time I met him, he was in a room full of people. There was about 30 of us there. And he was going around having conversations with people before we started. And then we all sat in a training style room, like a classroom. Mm -hmm. And he just went along the room and told us all our names. And my jaw hit the floor. You know, like them cartoon characters where (laughs) your floor goes ding and hits the floor. And I stopped him at the end of it and said, how on earth did you do that? And he went, well, when I'd memorised the playing cards, I used a memory journey and I used an association. So he remembered my name by visualising a guy walking up to him with a marker pen on his head. So he had marker pen for Mark, and he said, I was shaking hands with President Kennedy. So he got a guy with a marker pen on his head, 
shaken hands with President Kennedy. He got my name, Mark Kennedy. And you used this quite recently, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, it's incredible how this really, really works. But I was out and I, I saw a house that I quite liked the look of. <laughs> and it had obviously the estate agent board outside. And I saw the name of that and I thought, oh, I need to remember that. Most people say this when you meet them. They say, oh, I'm terrible with names. But I had to remember this. And I thought, how am I going to make sure that I can remember the name of this estate agent? Now, it was a double-barreled one. And the first part of the estate agent's name was the surname of a friend of mine. So I had to remember her name. I thought, if I keep remember that, keep remember that, keep remember that. And then the second part of the estate agent's name was Stops. So I just thought, well, it finishes, it ends. That's all I've got to do is remember that this person's name, she finishes, and then I can remember the name of the estate agents. And guess what, guys? It worked because I came home, found the estate agents online, had a look at the house, couldn't afford it, and that was the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, isn't it? We didn't buy the house So we've got a little association there. So the guy with the marker pen on his head, crossing the road, shaking hands with President Kennedy. You've got my name there. But the next step that Dominic used to remember his decks of playing cards, he used something called a memory journey. Uh, This is sometimes known as a Roman room system, peg system or loci system. Now, I've got a question for you. Who invented the Roman room system? Well, you'd think it was the Romans, wouldn't you? You would, but it was actually the Greeks. The Romans stole it. Anyway, (laughs) the Romans used the Roman room system to plan their battles. So what they would do is they would sit in a room and they would visualise where the enemy was, they placed them in a location in the room, and then they would visualise where their troops were coming from, and they placed them into other locations in the room. And when they went into battle, they could visualise in their head where the enemy was by visualising this room, but also where their other troops were coming from. Now, we don't need to go into battle. Well, actually, <laughs> we do. We've got to battle the exams, haven't we? But what we can do is we can take a room mm. and place things that we can remember. So if you needed to remember my name, for instance, then you could place me on the TV. So you could switch a TV on and there's a guy with a marker pen on his head who's shaking hands with President Kennedy. Now you know I'm on the TV in that room. Yeah. Hey, I've always wanted to be a TV star. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! And then each time that you close your eyes and visualise the TV, you will remember me. A great tip for anybody sitting exams is to go into the exam room beforehand Mm. and visually place your things around the room. I call it legal cheating. (laughs) It's not really cheating, but it's not really cheating, but it's a quite a simple way to put information that you know that you may struggle with to remember, placing it at certain places within that room so that you can recall them. And it's amazing how your brain works with this association. And whether you're sitting in an exam, whether you've got a test coming up whether you've got an interview whatever it is and you've got to remember things try using the power of association we've got loads of techniques from creating mind maps to journeys roman room systems Mm. we've also even had students singing songs it's brilliant composing it is amazing rapping Rapping. (laughs) they stood up and created this rap it was fantastic it's even better when the teachers join in as well isn't (laughs) it and the parents we've done parent sessions where they've joined in But one of my favourite and most simple techniques is a mnemonic. And sometimes people go, what on earth is a mnemonic? So if I say never eat, what would you say? Uh, Shredded wheat. (laughs) And 99.9% of the rest of the population would. Or naughty elephants squirt water, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's something that you get taught very, very early on in your learning journey, isn't it? 
And yet, you know, we talk to people that may be in their 40s or 50s, they still remember it. So again, just shows the power of this tool. Yeah, the other one that people remember is Richard of York gave battle in vain. So it's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo and violet. Yeah. And most people will say, oh, it's the colours of the rainbow. But if you want to be really technical and split hairs, it's the colours of the visible spectrum. Ooh. So there you go. Ooh. <laughs> but it is the Ooh. rainbow, of course. <laughs> So mnemonics are brilliant and we have such fun creating Mm. these with students and when we do parent sessions as well with teachers and parents, they create these. A mnemonic or an acronym can be really, really powerful. Now we had one we created, which was... King Philip came over for good sandwiches. Actually, I fancy a sandwich now. (laughs) Where is King Philip? (laughs) So King Philip came over for good sandwiches is kingdom, filium, class, order, family, genus, species. And I can and remember that. you can still that. remember that. I can still remember that because that was created about 10 years I ago. I say that was a long time ago we did that one, didn't we? It was. And that is actually the biological groupings mm. from GCSE Biology. So just think of King Philip coming over for good sandwiches. Ooh. What about our book as well? With our book, we created the acronym I like that. It sounds messy. Because one of the things that we were learning whilst writing it was, when do you start a new paragraph? And apparently it's when you change the subject, the person, the location, the action or the time. So, splat. And I love that as well, because we've actually covered two really, really important points there. Number one is we covered the acronym Mm -hmm. and what it stands for. But number two, when we were writing our book, we could have just given our book to an editor and said, ah, you sort the paragraphs out. But in order to learn and be on the journey Mm. of publishing a book, we wanted to be really, really good at grammar and know when to put in paragraph breaks, for example. So it gave us so much, didn't it? It did. So mnemonics are a great way to remember things, but you can make it as funny as you want or as silly as you want, but as long as it's there to help you to remember those facts. And the thing I used to struggle with is I could never say the word mnemonic, let alone spell it. So I came up with a mnemonic to spell mnemonics. And it's my new easy method. Oh, now I can spell. (laughs) And every single time I write the word mnemonics, I always say my new easy method. Oh, now I can spell. I've copyrighted that one. I invented it. (laughs) Nobody else. That one's not stolen. Send me loads of money if you use it. I'm only joking. You can have it for free. So yeah, talking of books that we've created, we have got one all about study and it's called Smarten Your Study. Within that book, you've got all of our tools and techniques to help you with your studying and your revision techniques and all your planning and all those things that will help you along that journey to that exam and help you make it a lot easier and a lot more fun. Now, we also have an online program to accompany our Smart and Your Study book. So where can people go to get this, Mark? Yes, so if you go to our website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, and head over to the shop, you can find the book and the online program there. The book is also available on Amazon as well. We mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that it's a critical time now for people coming up for exams to be studying and creating all their revision tools. So watch this space because we are going to be putting on some webinars for people to get hold of all of these tools and techniques and help that we can offer you. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week on S's for Study. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And if you want some more tools, you can find us on our website, which again, it is futuretoolbox.co.uk. 
Also, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. TikTok. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you subscribe to that, you'll find a section on Smart and Your Study too. And we look forward to catching you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Future Toolbox, and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.